Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wapplecast for June 2019. My name is Nick Noel, filling in for Nate Evans. So, different person, but the same number of syllables. We do strive for consistency. I'm an instructional designer with the former digital content, now digital experience team. On this episode of the Wapplecast, we are joined by Andy Greger and Adrian Thalen, who are here to discuss their accessibility work in the College of Nursing. We also have a reminder from James Bender about the Year 3 Accessibility Review, and Jim White discusses forming a web accessibility working group. So, to recap, same syllables, same team, better name. Andy and Adrian are awesome. Year 3 reviews are due. Working group. There is no July meeting, but we will be back in August. Until then, enjoy the episode. Okay, we can start, everyone. Welcome to the 44th Waffle Meeting. I'm James Bender. Nate is not here today. He's on vacation. And so today will be myself and Jim from the office. We're a team, the James and Jim show. Here's today's agenda. I'll give you a few minutes to look at the agenda, and you can, um, we'll talk about it. We're going to get a perspective from nursing. We have two individuals from the nursing area that's going to talk to us. Updates from the RCPD. No go. Let somebody here. Is someone here from RCPD? They sent me a note saying they couldn't make it. We'll talk a little bit about the spring conferences. Has anybody participated? Did anybody participate in the IT spring conference, IT summit? You did? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that IT next. Good, good. And then the YCAG interests. And uh, that's what Jim will talk a little bit about that. And then the last thing we'll follow up with is the three-year self-review. What to expect. Okay, I'll talk about that. And the nice thing is, well, I guess it's not very nice, but we will not have a July meeting. So I think some of the parts of that planning came in the fact that the holiday is going to fall on a certain date. And Nate decided, well, we decided as a group to cancel that. So if you're very sad about it, let us know. We could do some one-on-one -on -one things with you. There you go. You're up, Andy. All right. Well, first of all, thank you all for coming to the College of Nursing. We've been fortunate. The last couple of meetings have been right in our neighborhood. So we went to radiology. Now we're here instead of trying to drive through central campus. So I appreciate you guys coming out to visit us. And I, I know all of you, I've seen your faces as you walk into this room. It can be a little overwhelming, but um, it's a little overwhelming for our faculty and some students too. So get a perspective of how they feel, but it's supposed to make the instructor feel a little uncomfortable about lecturing in here to try to get you more in the active learning phase instead of standing up and spinning in circles. So, so real quick, I just want to go over kind of like what our roles are here at the College of Nursing uh, and what we do for accessibility. So my name is Andy Greger. I'm the Educational Technology Manager at the College of Nursing, and this is Adrienne Thalen. She's the um, Instructional Media Technician at the college. So we, we're not central IT, we are focused solely on nursing, but we do receive a lot of great support from central services. So we appreciate all the impacts that each of you have had on that support as we reach out and we get dumped and we had to have to, to reach outside. So as far as accessibility goes, um, Adrian does the majority of that work. So I have to give her a lot of credit for that. She's gonna talk about the process, kind of starting our three or our five-year accessibility program, the five-year plan. We had an instructional designer here who was focusing on reviewing all the courses and working in the faculty. And what we did in the beginning was a semester would finish and then we would go and look at the courses and then talk to the instructors about it because they were creating content all the way up to the end of the course. 
and then we'd go back. But what we were looking at in our data is that they'd fixed that, but they had already copied their courses over for the next semester. And we're, so we're just, it, it didn't make sense to keep going back and fixing the previous courses and then moving them forward as they were already, they were already moved forward. So now what Adrian does, I'll, I'll let her go into that, but it's been so much more effective. Um, I will say we, we try to do about two accessibility sessions with all the whole, everyone in the college to talk about PDF accessibility and just accessibility in, in general and digital content. And then we do a lot of, Adrian does a lot of the one-on-one -on -one with the faculty as we notice the type of content they're creating. She focuses uh, that training on the type of things that they're, they're doing. So I'll hand it over to, to Adrian. You can talk about the, I guess our capture process. Uh, so like Andy said, my name is Adrienne Thalen. I'm the instructional media technician. So pretty much what happens is we get, Andy and I get full access to all of the courses in nursing. Once we get that, I kind of go through, check to see who has copied over their courses or already or who's put materials in their courses in D2L. Um, and I go through and I use the D2L inventory tool to kind of, you know, check off in a spreadsheet how many PDFs, how many Word documents and videos. And then um, I'll go through each individual course, you know, module by module, and um, click all the links and make sure all of the PowerPoints, if they're narrated, that they have captions. If they don't have captions, we'll convert them to videos or however we need to do that to get them into media space and then send them over to Rev. Um, and then those get captioned, adding alt text then to all of the images or charts or whatever may be in their course. And um, I feel like that's, yeah, we're, we're kind of making them go away from using PDFs. They're a little bit more difficult to make accessible, so going more towards Word docs. But once I've completed every course, I'll send them an email telling them what needs to be fixed, how I can help, they want to set up a meeting and then we'll meet and discuss how we can make their course completely accessible for the students. So I think by just bombarding them semester after semester and receiving those emails and like every time we have to fix this, we have to fix this, we need to meet, eventually it's starting to, to make them really think about every time creating it accessible from the beginning so we don't have to reach out to them after that. And, um, we, we, we've, for like 99% of our faculty, we've created a captioning process or a voiceover PowerPoint process to where it's step-by-step -step instructions to, um, you know, basically for the basic voiceover presentation, open up PowerPoint, do recording slide-by-slide, -slide, and then uh, put it in D2L and notify us when it's there. So we will go in, turn it and convert it into a video or save it as an MP4 and send it off to Rev and get a caption. So Rev, Rev, and then get a caption. And then we also, so that on our media space account, we have a department ID. So we store all, so all the College of Nursing videos are under one department ID. So we keeps the content at the College of Nursing and it, it helps us know what we have as far as accessibility concerns. We also play a really large role in, in um, visas for students. So they're testing anytime they need captioning in class, if they need, hearing they have any hearing impairment and need those kind of accommodations and and testing so up in the student media center upstairs we have cameras set up so we can remote proctor students who need extra time 
and we work with them to make sure that their instructors are notified and that they're keeping their instructors notified throughout their entire program of where they're testing, how much time it takes to test. Sometimes they do group exams after the test, so then we have to work with them to make sure like, okay, you need to start half an hour early. And so we really try to accommodate as, as much as we can with those students. During orientation, we, we talk about how technology and, and data content is an ongoing process and how content is always being created. So please reach out to us if you see the content's not accessible and we will work with you throughout the entire program. And we'll put focus on your courses if we know that there are um, students in specific courses that, that need it. So we'll jump on that one a lot quicker and, and stay up on the, on the instructors to make sure every piece of content is accessible. Any questions on that process? I know yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about um, your alt text process? Are you writing the alt text? Are you turning to the faculty to do it? In osteopathic medicine, we've sort of informed the faculty that they need to be thinking about it, but we've sort of put that rhino in the back room and we're saving it for year four and a half or five of the five-year plan. For the most part, if, if we know the content enough, like we are not nurses, we don't know exactly every time what they're trying to portray in those, in those images. So we would, um, if we feel comfortable Adrian feels comfortable putting in what's in the image, she will do that. But if there's question, then we would reach out to the faculty or ask them to maybe put it into a different type of format that maybe a screen reader could capture it. So if it's a table, maybe we can get it in like Excel type format or you know a format that's legible by the screen reader. Um, regarding the LMS, you guys use uh, D2L. Do you use anything else? We mainly use D2L. All our, all our courses are in D2L. There's nothing outside of there's nothing, no course that doesn't have a D2L component. We do have third-party programs like ATI, which is like a, it's, it's a lot of resources and content that the students can access for their uh, NCLEX, which is like the boards for nursing. So there's a lot of content on that website. So in those cases, we work with the third-party vendors to make sure that all that is accessible. That's another one of our roles is working with the third party vendors to make sure that things are accessible, or at least that there is another option for students who need accessibility. This is gonna sound like a crazy question. You guys are making your content accessible, you're putting it in D2L. D2L is totally accessible, right? Well, no, no. Meeting our standards there. There's definitely a lot of levels in, in that question. But there, I'd, I'd say if we link it, link outside of D2L, then we need to make sure the third party um, vendor is, is, it meets accessibility standards. And then anything that gets put into D2L, like if they're putting images of tables and all that, that's, that's what we're, we're reviewing. So this question is for Adrian. How many people on campus are like you? Your uh, teaching type, I know we have one in our office. Like, I just sent her emails like, hey, I found another one like you. That's a great question. That's actually something that we've been trying because sometimes we get stuck in our silo here. You know, we're on the outside of campus. We don't get a lot of chance to to get out because we're supporting everything here. You know, instructors are always popping by our doors because they know that we're here. So there's things that Central could probably help with, like Central IT. But since we're here and we're techie people, like we just if it's plugged into the wall, they come and ask us questions. So we, we have trouble sometimes getting out in the, 
you know, in the larger community to see what resources are out there and see what other people are doing the same things that, that we're doing. So that, I, I think we just joined like the, the ID, there's a team in Microsoft Teams that kind of some people are on and maybe some of you are on, but I'm very not, not familiar with it at all. I just happened to be in a meeting and people said that, oh, there's this, you, you know about that, right? You know what? You might be able to speak. Do you want to speak onto this at all? Do you uh, know? How many, how many people there are? Or just, yeah, yeah and, and maybe how to get in contact with, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Nick Noel, instructional designer. I wasn't planning on speaking. Um, but uh, yeah, so on centrally in IT, we have a few instructional designers. Some are dedicated to kind of all colleges, kind of whoever comes in and we help them. That's my role. And then a few others are kind of situated within either uh, within the medical colleges, for instance. I think at this point, just there's two that are one's in vet med and one is in uh, College of Human Medicine. And then there's also uh, several instructional designers who are at the hub up for innovation and learning and technology. So contacting them would be through their website. Contacting us would be like a service request. In terms of when you should contact who, probably if you're looking to do like course level, course design, course reviews, that'd be an IT stuff. If you're looking for technology training, be an IT job. If you want to design a whole program or if you want to do something like completely radical or weird or different, uh, that'd be contacting the hub. Um, then there's several other places that some, so Broad and Cal and Tanner have uh, one or two instructional designers. So there's a, there's a group of us around um, that do kind of like teaching technology online stuff. <laughs> All right, thank you. Yeah, there's one, one other thing to mention, like it is, it is difficult for us to get out sometimes and, and like, like we don't know everybody who's doing other things on campus. But if anybody is interested in just sharing practices or talking about that, like we are totally open to that. And we're trying to get more out in the MSU community and try to get in touch with people who are uh, doing jobs similar to ours. So absolutely willing to connect. So my question is, how do you help shift the culture in the nursing area? How do we help shift the culture yeah, in the nursing area? What, what yeah. Plan? How have you been doing that? Well, from the beginning, it, w it was before the five-year plan, but when I first started, um, and there was another instructional designer in place, they were going to have the students or the, the faculty all caption their own videos. And that, that, did, not go, that did not go well. That, did not, that, that didn't happen, and it did not go well. So we, um, and we, we've talked at like faculty meetings about we understand that 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 expectation is not going to happen. Um, but this is what we are going to do for you. But this is what accessibil why accessibility is important. Because in nursing, too, it is very difficult because we've run into um, the question, nurses, you can't have nurses with certain disabilities go through classes. And, and there is a, some truth to that, but continuing education and in hearing impairments, we've, we've had students with hearing impairments who, who need these, this accessible content. So we've just had to really have those kind of counterpoints when those come up. Because in the, when I first started and they were talking about captioning and you know, I heard those arguments. So over time we've kind of, we've listened and then we have come up with our real like counterpoints. And so when that comes up, it's not an argument. It's just like, oh, as a matter of fact, you know, these students are gaining a lot from having these things captioned or having everything accessible because people learn differently. 
we have um, hidden dis hidden um, disabilities that, that we don't see in our students. So, so we try to stress those things, and, and I think that's made a difference. Instead of just saying, you're going to do this, and this is, you know, so taking the weight of captioning alone was enough to make them happy to say, we're gonna pay for that. The college pays for all the captioning. Um, so our department pays, pays for that out of our budget. And we say, hey, we're gonna do that for you. Is all you have to do is tell us when you put it together, caption videos that need captioning, and we'll do it for you. And then we, so I think that's a big <laughs> win on some parts. And then when we do have a student who has accessibility needs, we set up meetings with all their instructors the semester before they are going to be going through their courses so then we we all sit down we're just very open about it and we tell you know as long as the students willing to meet with us so we ask them would you like to sit down with your instructors to have this discussion before you go through the class typically the answer has been yes and then we we have that conversation about what type of captioning is better for you do you prefer transcripts because in one case we actually they preferred transcripts but we didn't plan on doing transcripts we planned on just captioning the video. So in this case, the student liked transcripts, so we just had transcripts made, which was actually cheaper than doing the, the video captioning. So having those discussions up front actually saved us money and was better quality for that specific student. So I feel like uh, that was like five minutes, right? <laughs> so thank you, I appreciate that, that was great. You guys don't have to leave, so stick around, and you're gonna, okay, participate in our activity we're gonna have. So. We do not have any uh, updates from RCPD. I mean, for me personally, we got more visas than we've ever gotten before that we support. We had 29 for the summer, which just for you, if you're in the instructional area and some of the things you need to be aware of, and I think I was trying to figure out why, why do we have so many? We have like 11 students. However, they're taking more credits now. And so one student may be taking four or five classes where in the past they may have only taken one class. And so, that's something that you want to start looking at strategically. How is that going to impact your courses? Everybody know what I'm talking about here now where you can do this um, blocks credit. You sign up for 12, but you can take up to 20 credits. 18, 18 credits. So thank you. I'm going to have you talk because you know a lot. You're shaking your head about the hub and everything. So. Um, so I used to work on the provost office communications team. And um, it was not a popular move. But the whole university moved to a flat rate tuition. Don't call it block tuition, uh, flat rate tuition. Oh, there was a lot of discussion. Advisors were the most important audience because they are interfacing directly with students. Basically, um, this year, it is approximately the 15 credit tuition rate. It will differ on the year. So we're not even telling students that, though they have it in their heads. The Go Green, Go 15 campaign came out before that, trying to get students out in four years. So uh, flat rate means you can take anywhere between 12 and 18 credits for one rate. And it depends on if you're you know, in-state, out-of-state, international. There are different levels on that. And then it's prorated if you take less or more. What was the reason for getting them out in four years? Okay, so the reason for getting them out in four years is the longer it takes you to matriculate, to get through your degree, the less likely you are to actually graduate. And your um, debt, if you're taking out student loans, can be up to $50,000 on average more 
the longer you go. Like if you're talking an extra year or two to get your undergraduate degree. So they also find that even across different demographics that students who take higher course loads um, in general do better. They're focusing um, more and having to learn time management skills, that kind of thing. It was surprising to us because there's a lot of different um, economic backgrounds that our students come from, but that ran across all demographics. Thank you, thank you. So our next area is we're gonna talk about the spring conferences, uh, IT Next Conference. And Brooke sent me an email about a couple of things, and we'll put that in the minutes, but some things that she, she was gonna talk a little bit about that, but I'd like to hear from you what you observed. The one thing that we have from our office is we end up in IT, we have changed our name. Does anybody know our new name? Digital X, okay, so what that means, so John is on our team now, so what that means for us is we end have a bigger team, much bigger team now. So it was just accessibility in, uh, and, and content, which was four of us, myself, Jim, Melissa, and Brooke. Yes, thank you, and Brooke. That was it, now we have, I wanna say six or seven, I don't even know how many folks. We have a meeting, we've had a couple meetings and different people participate. So I'm, I can't keep up with who they are and where they're from. And once in a while we'll see them, so. I think it's between six and seven. And the big part of our portfolio is now that we have these new folks, Nick is a big part of our team and they have instructional designers. So I know we have four instructional designers and a couple, one position for sure that they're posting for. So if you know anybody that's interested in instructional design or yourself and you've done that, that's a job that's, I wanna say it's posted now, is it posted now? So it's posted now. We're looking to bring another instructional designer on. And they're still trying to figure out what the portfolio looks like. For me, one of the things that we look at is quality matters. Are you guys familiar with quality matters? Nobody's here heard of that. This is something, it's a standardization that an organization created for online courses so that it kind of gives some online, and they do have an accessibility standard. So we're kind of getting trained on it. We're looking at it from an organization who's, I think it's been around maybe 10, 15 years now. I'm not sure of the history of it, but it's just a national, nationally recognized organization and they'll go through and do it. It's a fee for it, but we're kind of doing our own standardization. When I say us, meaning um, the, our new team, Digital X. And I won't talk too much about it, Nick, and I won't ask you to come up and talk yet because I know you're still trying to work it out. So anyway, that was the big takeaway from that. Anything anybody want to talk about that they think might be good for the group that you learned from the conference? It wasn't that conference, but I went to Agile and Beyond last week. And DQ was there. Okay. DQ was there. And they demoed the Axe tool, which is a free accessibility checker. And they were claiming that it could catch up to 50% of accessibility issues. So I've tried it on a few things, and it actually does a pretty good job, but not necessarily better than Lighthouse or WebAIM or any of the others that you can use. But it is another tool for the arsenal. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else? All right. So now I'm gonna give the mic to Jim to talk about his portion. Hello all, you some, uh, if you look at the bottom part of this, in part from WAPL number 13, October 14, 2016. Anybody remember back that far? We've talked before, no, some people don't. Maybe a couple people do. And we, uh, so obviously we've had, we've had some uh, web accessibility working group stuff going on before. 
Um, we'd like to, we're considering uh, getting something started again. So this is, this is actually the text directly from, from that previous uh, working group. This project will develop and execute a plan to address MSU compliance with web content accessibility, et cetera, at the AA level for websites and structural content, et cetera. And we've actually got a long way on that because you've seen developments with the five-year plan, et cetera. What the plan will include, and this slide is also from that previous um, 2016, development, publishing, delivery of training material, videos, and guides. And there's where we fell down a little shorter than we'd like to be. We've got some training materials out there. We haven't got the videos yet. Um, and guidelines, et cetera, we're trying to work on. And that's where we need some help. And I, you know, Andy was mentioning that he's got some, uh, some uh, training materials written up. And I know that uh, Jerry in HR has gotten some training materials written up. And by golly, if we could get some help with some of those, that uh, rather than us having to try and do it all ourselves in the central office, um, that would help a lot. And that's why we're considering get the, getting this web accessibility working group back going again. We know there are lots of needs out there. We know there are lots of questions in people's minds about, uh, well, how do I exactly what does contrast mean? Exactly what does getting your heading levels set correctly mean? Um, so there are lots of debates about those kind of things. And it's not always clear when you look at the HTML specifications or the uh, uh, WCAG specifications. So we'd like to get some kind of feedback and assistance on looking through those kind of things. The question marks you see around that co-working drop-in, we don't know what we want the, this kind of working group thing to look at, whether it's a, a group of people getting together simultaneously every now and then, or whether it's um, you know, one or two people occasionally working together, catch as catch can on you know, how the time fits, et cetera, um, those kind of things. So we have a, a meeting scheduled. This is, nobody's been invited to it except um, our internal team. You're expected to, uh, we're, we will announce it um, with this WAPL meeting and the slides, et cetera, that go out from it. And you're expected to uh, go ahead and, and invite yourself if you're interested in any kind of participation um, in that. So anyway, July 9th, yes, it's in the middle of summer. Um, some people will be away, but some people still be here too. So. Uh, Take your pick, and now I'll turn the mic back over to Ben. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. So I've passed on note cards, and I know in the past some folks have came through and said, yes, I want to be a part of the work group, and I'm not sure where that list is at. Nate told me there's been a couple individuals. So if you can, if you're interested, I want you to write down your name, contact information on the note card, and then these questions, because that's what Nate wants to do. He doesn't want to go through, again, we're trying to identify our portfolio or where we are, but is there an interest? Is anyone really interested in being a part of the work group? That's what he told me, he said, emphasize that. Is there an interest? So if there is, please fill out the note card and then um, and how, how you can help. So that's the big part. Again, if you already have resources out there that you've done and you've had somebody look at them and you feel like they're ready, you can bring it to the working group because we want to make sure that we're getting as well-rounded opinions as we can, right? So we can create stuff all day, but it's not gonna make reach and work for everyone. So I think having that committee and that working group, it just helps have more 
to the process. Right, Jim? And Jim will be cheering that, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. So you'll get to work with Jim. Yes, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> all right, any questions for me? So please fill out the note card if you're interested. And this is the last portion that we have, this uh, year three self-evaluation. Has anyone in here submitted their year three? Yeah, when I last checked, it was zero. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man. It's just like in college, right? You get that last day. So no one submitted it yet. So I just have, a, this is a gift file. So I know people are like, where's the captions? Like, no captions required. You're going to go into, I'm going to let this play, to the web access and self-annual review. You're going to scroll down. There's two. And you're going to download the application. And I'll go over this again slower. I'll play it again. And it's a Qualtrics form. The key thing about this is when you submit it, make sure you, you know, talk to folks on your team, people in your office, so that you can get as much feedback as possible. So let me play that a couple of times. It's just a little GIF file. If you have your laptop or if you have a computer, you can go through and follow along with the presentation. It won't let me put it in full, full play here. So, so you're going to actually go to Qualtrics and fill it out. Again, my recommendation is to Get folks from your area. Everybody is here so unique in how they fill out their plan. So if you've been doing it the last two years some certain way and it's been working for you, fine. If you think Nate made sure he told me, he said, make sure you emphasize to help tell folks get feedback from other people from their areas, right? So it could be a collaboration. Everybody's different. I mean, we have some units that have seven, eight folks that are part of it. Some that's only one person is responsible for the whole thing. So it's very difficult for me to tell you the best course of action for you. You have to know what your unit is. Um, but again, having some feedback from other folks from your team will be very beneficial. Don't forget the submission date. Anybody here know when the submission date is? June 30th. June 30th. All right. Thank you, Jim. So good. Don't forget the submission date. Any questions? I think it's the last slide. Is gonna, I'm going to have questions. Yeah, that was it. Last slide. Any questions about that? The submission. I know Nate talked a lot about it the last, the process that we use, and I think we're going to use the same process with some tweaks, and we did make some changes to the questions. We got rid of all the, what kind of questions did we get rid of? We got rid of the question about training and how much training your faculty and staff have gotten, so you don't have to try and answer that one. I was kind of disappointed to see it go, but oh well. We also referred it to as the difficult question. That's why I gave Jim the mic. <laughs> we were adamant about the difficult question. So any questions for us at this time about that year three submission? The date, June 30th, get feedback from peers. We should be good to go. All right, that's it. Anybody else have anything for the group? No? Nope? All right, well, enjoy the rest of this wonderful day. Thank you.